You are listening to the Fire and Lunch podcast. As a reminder to those listeners wishing to remain unspoiled for the books, run. This is an all-spoiler podcast. All published books and novellas are fair game. Thanks. And who are you, the proud face said that I must eat this pie? Hello, we are Fire and Lunch. Welcome to episode 43 of the podcast, or the Piebald cast, as it will be known for the rest of this podcast. Today we're going to take a little break from all things Game of Thrones and A Song of Ice and Fire to discuss a series I'm sure you've never heard us mention before. Um, we're going to talk about Robin Hobbs' Fits in the Fool trilogy, as well as the earlier series, the Farseer trilogy, the Tawny Man trilogy, and probably a little bit of the Live Ship Traders and Rain Wilds as well. I'm Jenny. I'm Rachel. I'm Hannah. I'm Alyssa. All right. Welcome, everybody. Obviously, we have two new people who are not normally on this podcast. We have um, Hannah, who contributed to our Wyman's episode, and our friend Alyssa, who we met in uh, Artist Alley last year at New York Comic Con. Um, (laughs) She got very excited by our Fits in the Fool costume, uh, and she was one of two people to actually recognize us, so that was exciting for us. Yay! Yay! That looked amazing. Yay! (laughs) And that included people in line to have their book signed. That's true. It did. Yeah. That's really sad. yeah. It was one of those those get the first book free situations. So mm. there were a lot of people oh. who had never read the books, which was sad for us. <laughs> it's okay. They're they're a home crying oh, that right is now. Sad. <laughs> good. Very good. Yes. So um to start out, uh I want we wanted to talk about how we got into the series. Um so Rachel and I got Hooked into it because of British Paul, who we met at... We don't actually know his his last name. We just call him British Paul. We met him at the Winner's Coming moot for the Game of Thrones yes, TV show. Yes, the original moot and, where we all met. So it's kind of like a yes. weird origin story. It is. <laughs> Basically, it was like, hey, Jon Snow's kind of like this guy. <laughs> He's also got a wolf. <laughs> And also terrible things happened to him. I love that, you that you remember it. that. I don't remember that at all because I was really, really drunk. All I remember <laughs> is a British guy screaming in my face that I had to read Robin Hobb. And then like a few weeks later, I went and did it. I was like, oh, right. I need to get that book. So I went and bought it. Thanks, British Paul. So I also I had heard about the books earlier because of Hannah, because she had told me about them. And I had actually bought the first book. So when British Paul told us about them, I was like, hey, I've got that sitting on my shelf. I should read that then. Um, Yay. So, Hannah, do you want to tell us about how you got into them? Sure. Um, I got out of taking most classes my senior year in high school by making up independent studies. And one of the ones I made up was uh, fantasy literature, uh, which I got credit for doing. I basically got credit for reading my sci-fi and fantasy books and one of them was assassin's apprentice very cool a plus it was good clearly i should have done that too i don't know how i missed out on that genius (laughs) it was really bad i got to do writing and writing and fantasy that was it Alyssa, how did you get into these books Um, i wandered into a bookstore as i am wont to do and someone that worked there had a staff wreck on the Rainwild series and i picked those up and read them first in reverse order so i'm all messed (laughs) up but i love it so there we go (laughs) 
So that segues nicely into our which books have we read. Um, so I've only read the specifically Fits in the Fool trilogy, so Farseer, Tiny Man, and the new one. Um, how about the rest of you, Rachel? I've, I've read all the boat books. The, the I don't know what they're called. The boat books, live ship trailers. <laughs> the live ship trilogy. Yeah. Rachel likes boats. I like boats. You will learn this about her. So, yeah, in general. I was like, well, I, did, I wasn't really like, super interested in going elsewhere with, with the Robin Hobb books because I was like super obsessed with Fits and the Fool. And I was like, well, I don't want to read it if they're not in it. But then I was like, oh, but boats. So I read those. They're good boat books. Very good boat books. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, I've read them all. Talking boats. Talking boats. <laughs> Best of every world. Okay. Talks, it's a boat. It's all I need. I'm, I'm with Jenny. I've read the Fits and the Fool three trilogies or three and two books or two and two books. Yes. So I think this is interesting Those. because Robin Hobb was on Facebook like just a couple days ago talking about how she was writing a scene and during the scene she was really worried that people weren't reading the Rain Wild or the the live ship books and that then therefore the scene didn't make sense. So... Oh no. <laughs> uh, we will trouble. just come to you guys and be like, tell us why this is relevant yeah. and then we'll move on. <laughs> is this... It'll be fine. Yeah. If they're not in the rain, if they're not in the, if they're the rain wild people, I'm not, I'm not necessarily certain. I read the wiki. There's a, there's sort of a wiki. There's like a weird. There's not really a great wiki, yet. which makes me sad because, you know, when we need information for a song of ice and fire, there's like a plethora of like sources and like for Sanderson, there's, you know, the whole 17th shard oh thing. God. For these, there's not so much. Yeah, I don't. Which is really hard when you forget what you've read in the previous two trilogies when the third one comes out and you're like, I don't remember this character at all. <laughs> and nothing on the internet will tell me about him. It'd be a fun project to take over. Just as we're going. Become the master. Yeah. Just lots of sad yeah. emojis. <laughs> Could you imagine if we wrote the wiki for these books? Dear God. <laughs> This guy's an asshole. You don't need to know about this guy. Move along. <laughs> Here's a 30-page essay on the fool. <laughs> <laughs> when you click through any given link, they all link to the fool's page. <laughs> Brilliant. Let's start this project. Okay. That, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, um, perfect. So we want to talk a little bit about why these books are so special and uh, kind of come up with a little bit of an elevator pitch, which I have to say... I was telling people I was recording this podcast tonight, and they're like, what are those books? And I'm like, I can't tell you about them. I don't know how. (laughs) (laughs) So does anybody else have a better speech? Because I'm just like, if I talk about them out of context, they sound absurd. And if I start telling you about all the horrible things that happen to these characters, they sound miserable to read. But I'm like, but they're not. Well, hello, ladies. Do you like... (laughs) Excellent heartbreaking characters, goddamn dragons, talking ships, crying. I have the book series for you. And wolves. And wolves. And wolves. Wolves Wolves. Wolves are important. And bees. Gay love. Candles. (laughs) Candles. A lot about candles. It's a very like Tumblr friendly fantasy series. Like when when I think about it, like 
it, for example, if, I, if I'm trying to find something on the internet, I generally just kind of go to Tumblr and put in that person's name or something in the tag. And then that gets me a lot more information <laughs> and like meta than, you know, I would get from like a wiki page. So, I, yeah, it's kind of like a like a feminist fantasy series involving like all of the all of the traditional fantasy tropes, but kind of done with a nod towards people that are ten- that tend to be excluded from from fantasy novels like women and, and non-binary people <laughs> people with down syndrome yes. yeah people with down syndrome yeah that too it's fantastic i tend if i'm pitching these books i'm usually pitching them to like writerly types and so i tend to pitch it on the basis of being like possibly the best like close first narrative study of a character through his entire life like in a way no one else does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I tend to pitch them on the basis of that thing where as writers you're told to torture your characters a little bit. Um, she does it better than anyone. <laughs> yeah. No, anyone. I'm going to give that to her. Um, so, yeah. The torture you, award. You, uh, you know, there's, there's a big thing right now. Where everyone's trying to write gritty thanks george R. R. martin yeah. um and i actually think that on a certain level i might get in trouble for this i think she does it better than martin sometimes oh, I, yeah i absolutely agree with you absolutely okay because he does it in a way that's like very shocking or very like for the effect whereas she she kind of revels in it like she rolls around <laughs> in it you know like yeah and and explores it in great detail through this incredibly tight first person um and she keeps upping the 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 pain ante, which all you aspiring writers out there, you should be reading this. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It is interesting, like looking at where different fandoms are in terms of like all of the books that we read, because I mean, as we were, as I was saying, with like the wikis and stuff, like there's no there's no place for this fandom other than Tumblr. Yeah, it seems seriously, which is sad, but. Definitely. Well, it, it makes me happy because that kind of proves to me that maybe there are younger fans out there. I mean, I when I first started reading these books, I kind of felt like, is it just me and then like some 50 or 60 year old people like on, <laughs> who don't know how to use the internet and that's why they're not out there? <laughs> Instead, we're just the old withered ones. Yeah, we're the old ones on Tumblr. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're the old ones on Tumblr. Like, yeah, these books are great. <laughs> I was going to say, Rachel and I have discussed, because of Game of Thrones and all the other series they're making, we've discussed the possibility of the, like, Fits in the Fool series, and I'm like, that would be the most boring TV show. <laughs> it would just be, like, Fitz sitting at a desk writing about his horrible life. I'm like, it'd be great. It'd be like, it doesn't they translate. 12, 12 hours of Fitz sitting at a desk. I'm like, oh, God, it's so awful. <laughs> you realize what they would do is add, like... Fifty percent more Game of Thrones to it, and it would be terrible. Yep. Yeah, but there can't. There's like, no horrors in this book. I feel like they'd have a problem. They'd add no, in but some they horrors. Would put them in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like suddenly, all the scenes where he's sitting and writing pensively would take place in a whorehouse. <laughs> you know, that's what ha- would happen. Yeah, shade wouldn't be shade anymore. He'd just be like a whore. <laughs> oh. Only, only if it was on HBO. It needs to be on like the BBC. The whore assassin show. <laughs> oh my goodness. 
Actually, I think it'd be cool if they did it like a Tarantino-esque show or something. Like, <laughs> instead of like a gritty reality-driven show, they're like, this is going to be bonkers and there's going to be blood everywhere. And they'll be like, you know, I'm thinking of like Beatrix Kiddo punching her way out of a coffin. Like, <laughs> Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I probably wouldn't watch a television show of this, but I would be, definitely be interested in a fashion show. Because she gets... <laughs> yes, yes. She she's so descriptive of her costumes, and they're also culturally influenced within her world. That oh my god, I've just huge appreciated. So that. like Project Runway, Realm of the Elderlings. Yes, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> Who's Tim Gunn? Is Shade T- Tim Gunn like? Yes. <laughs> he doesn't. Tim he doesn't Gunn. critique. He just skills it to you <laughs> at like two in the morning when you're trying to sleep. <laughs> Um, all right. Oh, everyone's always so tired, and they're abusing they're abusing the uh, the the elf bark or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> It'd be bad. <clears throat> all right. Um. Let's move into talking about the Fitz and the Fool books in general. Let, let's let's just talk about Fitz. So <laughs> it's a good place ah, to start. Who is Fitz? Tell me. Tell me. Who is Fitz? Fitz is an idiot. Generally, <laughs> fits idiocy. Fits idiocy. Yes, that's our our new word. Um, he's very traditional. He's really kind of closed minded a lot of the time, despite the fact that he experiences all of this stuff in this world. You think he wouldn't be so like closed minded in his own little world, but he seems to just sort of like experience all of this stuff and then ignore it when he's making decisions. True or false? <laughs> True times one million. <laughs> like that totally happened to me, but this situation it is totally wrong and cannot be possible. Yeah, I think I guess it's because he occupies that like fantasy archetype character, right? Like he he's the most John Snowiest of all of the <laughs> all of, you know, like precious cinnamon <clears throat> bun kind of like bullshit. <laughs> I feel like John is also- smarter. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say, and Fitz is the biggest moron to ever live. <laughs> I I feel like it's a character who he takes a really long time to process things. Yeah, and because of the way the books are written, it takes a really long time for him to process. It really does. And so uh, there are moments where, as a reader, you're sitting there and going, "Okay, come on, sweetie, get there. You're so close. You can do it." Well, he's not much of a critical thinker. I think. No. <laughs> He's just... See, but I feel like he thinks he is. He thinks he is, yes, because he thinks so slow. But, you know, it's like, okay, he's he's a bastard orphan whose father was the king, who was apparently so shamed by his very existence that he quit being the king and then died. <laughs> he was raised by... No, come on. Like, this is the elevator pitch. And then, and he, then was he was raised just, by the know... kennel... Ma- not the kennel master. The, ha- the, the, stable the horse master. master. The stable master. And treated as if he was a dog in a kennel for most most of that time. And then was turned into an assassin who just kind of like was pointed at things. He should know better, basically. <laughs> but I'm thinking that maybe he didn't, his his early life didn't require too much critical thinking. Like he just kind of reacted to things. Didn't yeah. he was told. That's true. And he does seem to spend a lot of it trying not to die. I mean, yeah, he is preoccupied with not dying. That's certainly yeah. a thing. But we love Fitz, despite the fact that he makes us crazy 
We love Fitz. Right? Yeah, it's I mean, very I endearing. You, you can't help it because everything you experience everything through him. Through him, like yeah. it's it's his perspective. So if you hate him, you're not gonna you're not gonna read the books. You're That's like, true. This guy fucking yeah. sucks, and you're you're gonna put it down. I guess we can talk about Night Eyes now. Let's talk about Night Eyes now. So Night Eyes is great. Night Eyes is his um his wolf pal, who I like when they meet because he's just like la 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 la. I don't want to bond with anything at any animals anymore and night is like you will bond with me i don't care what you think <laughs> well night is like his his real moral compass which is terrifying because i don't know if a wolf has a moral compass but it's just like this is not food this is not for anything why are you obsessing over this you stupid human yeah basically <laughs> it's perfect which i think is good for fitz because he needs that in his life i guess part of fitz's slowness is that overthinking he overthinks yeah. stuff, That's... maybe? And Night Eyes is like, no, just stop. <laughs> yeah. Stop doing that now. He needs Night Very... Eyes in his life. Definitely. Yes. He's definitely one of my favorite animal characters. Possibly because he talks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's Yeah, it's really hard to do an animal character in a way that is doesn't feel like you're just making a human mm-hmm. into an animal character. Without making it incredibly, like, annoying to try to relate with. And Night Eyes is sort of the, the sweet spot between those two things. Where he's very wolfish, um, but not in a way that's, like, excessively hampering to the human relationships he has. And he's sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so sassy. <laughs> Fitz like has no sense of humor at all. No, He's, it just no. isn't there. He he doesn't understand humor, really. Right, right over his head. You laugh at him, not with him. Never with him. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Fitz. Fitz is an idiot. Night Eyes is awesome. Let's talk about the fool. <laughs> I'm gonna let you guys talk about the fool because I know you're you're very deeply connected to him, Rachel and Alyssa. <laughs> oh well, or or her or them or whatever. Oh, you're referring to the fool. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I've just never. I think on paper I would like hate the fool. I'm like, okay, it's a clown. It's, it talks in riddles. It like never says anything straightforward. It's a prophecy bullshit kind of like oracle kind of character who kind of I, I, like on paper he's just annoying. But then you actually read him and you're like, no, he's amazing and I love him and he's the best character ever created in the history of literature. <laughs> I think it's also how he relates to the other characters. Like if it was just him like rambling on all the time, but it's his relationship with Fitz that makes his character so great to me anyway the fool is perfect (laughs) the fool began a long foray into an obsession with jesters for me (laughs) so there we are (laughs) we're having real talk but it's just he is on paper he sounds not so good but he's one of the most unique and mysterious and wonderfully mysterious characters i've ever come across He's sort of, he's a wonderful trickster 
archetype. We have the, the whole wise fool slash trickster thing going on for him. And especially starting the character, at least as seeming young as he is, and following them through three trilogies worth of eh, more torture. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the fool definitely shares in the torture. <laughs> yes. Particularly uh, in the latest trilogy. Uh, yeah, I mean, he. it's funny, too, because he blames himself so much for it. He's like, oh, I'm so sad that you're, you know, getting the shit kicked out of you all the time. But eh, it has to happen. So yeah. trot along. <laughs> he does have the whole, yeah. It's interesting. Actually, that's interesting to have a trickster mixed with, like, a sacrifice mm-hmm. archetype. Yeah. Like, those two don't usually go terribly well together. At least not willingly together. Mm-hmm. They tend to go unwillingly together. I'm thinking about mythological Loki. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. Tangent. <laughs> coming back. Coming back. The fool is wonderful. <laughs> um, so, the Fitz and the fool, obviously we follow them through three trilogies, and they definitely change a lot. Um, sometimes very obviously take on new identities. Um, so who is your, what is your favorite version of Fitz and the fool and kind of in conjunction with your favorite book or trilogy? Hannah? Um, I like young Fitz and the Fool. I like them when they're kids together and before all the terrible things happen. (laughs) (laughs) I do. (laughs) So it's been a while for you is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) We still love them. So it's just sad. Yeah. Um, My favorite is Lord Golden and his manservant Tom Badgerlock because um, <laughs> just because I love I love um, I love the version of the fool that delights in the, in the pleasures of kind of being alive and in, in expensive things and <laughs> I like that he tortures Fitz by forcing him to wear pantaloons and <laughs> like stupid by hat. dressing him well yes <laughs> you know and he's always just like well now you're now you're hot and the and Fitz is always just like uh I don't want to be hot. Like, no, you can't help it. Alyssa? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to say, if I had to pick only one, it'd have to be Amber, because I am a sucker for kick-ass ladies, and even if it's the fool and the guys, or if it's the fool being gender fluid, or if it's the fool being able to switch sexes at will, I really love Amber. With the Lord Golden dynamic as a close second. <laughs> um, I also like the young Fitz and the Fool stuff. I was rereading uh, a little bit of Royal Assassin, and I do really enjoy uh, Fitz or F- the Fool kind of taunting Fitz, and Fitz just like not understanding what's going on at all, and it's kind of fun. And I like I like young Fitz too because he's kind of more like. He doesn't, he's a little more impulsive at that age. He doesn't overthink things quite as much. And he has night eyes, so he's a little bit more, like, he, he's a little more act, active and proactive instead of just, like, sitting in a room thinking about yeah, things. Yeah, like, and, adventurous. Yeah. Adventurous fits. Yeah. He's not so adventurous as he grows older. Not so much. <laughs> Oh, and it doesn't keep him from getting into trouble. No, doesn't. It in no way slows down the trouble. <laughs> um, so we've talked a lot about Fitz and the Fool and also Night Eyes. Who is your favorite non-Fitz of the Fool character? Rachel? 
um i don't know man uh i like <laughs> i like patience a lot um, patience is fun patience is awesome she's like messy and she can't keep her shit together and she's like tattooing herself and like, <laughs> you know like just like kooky old lady stuff and i just love the fact that she doesn't fall into that like evil stepmother trap you know in fantasy that she's just like really nurturing and and loves fits unconditionally People try and put her in that for like a second, and she's like, "No, not at all." Yeah, uh, I love her too. I love Patience and Lacey. Yeah, as a duo, Lacey's mm-hmm. fun because you kind of don't see her coming, and then all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, oh, Lacey's awesome." <laughs> I think, I think it's partially because I had a craft teacher who we were all fairly certain could kill us with knitting needles. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> And so, and she was like, she was this like four foot, a little bit sort of woman (laughs) and we were all scared of her. Um, so I kind of, I think of her a lot when I think of Lacey. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sounds just like her. (laughs) I like Birch a lot too. I know that he gets a lot of like shit, uh, in the fandom in general, but I, I just really like him just kind of a no-nonsense guy that had kind of a shitty thing put on him and he did the best that he could and he was a good dad yeah i mean he, he tried his best dad. he was a good I mean, dad that stole his son's wife and impregnated her <laughs> several a million times <laughs> oh elevator pitch yes put that in there. like i said anytime you talk about it out of context it just sounds so ridiculous <laughs> but um no i like burge i like ketrickin a lot um mm-hmm. She's awesome. Uh, I like if we. I mean, if we start getting into the new trilogy, and I don't like. I've, like I've said, I don't really remember Riddle from the first trilogy, but I like Riddle in the in the later trilogy. Um, I like that he has Fitz's back. Um, Revel, Revel, Revel's cool. Sad. <laughs> 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 spoilers everybody gets tortured and a lot of people die <laughs> yes Ba-da-ba. i loved revel because he was so incredibly competent in a way that's not necessarily valued in a lot of the books because he's competent in terms of being really really good at running a household and we've been running around with assassins mm-hmm. for most of these stories so when you have this person who's just incredibly proficient in an area that's entirely unrelated to murdering people. <laughs> um, it's just a nice character to have in there. I love Revel. I like that Fitz is annoyed by Revel, but then after <laughs> Revel is no more, then it's like, oh, now I really miss Revel. This, these other people are not as good at this. What do I do? Well, I think that, you know, I think that that's Shade's fault because, like, he was really just, he had so much shit taken care of for him all the time and he never had to think about it. And then he's like a grown up, and it's like, oh, you have to dress yourself. You have to like bathe your face, like wash your face. And he can't even do that. Like, it's like, he what needs... can you do? Yeah, he can't even care for himself in like very basic ways. <laughs> oh, fit. I mean, Night Eyes did it for him. Shade did it for him. Revel did it for him. He just and without anybody to do that for him, he falls apart. Yeah. But then he gets angry at other people when they can't take care of themselves. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, you, you are like the biggest toddler in the universe. <laughs> but he's like, he's so high and mighty about it, too. I mean, it's, and I mean, I've said this before, too, but like, the way he talks to Ketrickin and like, 
um, royal assassin and said, you know, he's like, you you have to be more, you know, queen-like and you have to follow these rules and you have to, you can't be such a loner. You have to, you know, join in and you be part of the court life. And I'm like, oh my God, Fitz, talk to yourself in 40 years. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the biggest criticism of Fitz is that he really does think he is the only person on the planet to have felt pain. Yeah, isn't that said at one point where... I can't remember the exact scene or context of this, but someone is just staggered by the amount of pain that's inside Fitz. It's like, whoa, no. When does that happen? Um, Am I making that up? No, it's probably the fool. I think it's probably the fool. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I think, I think he's the only one that would actually feel empathy for him. Everybody else would be like, oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> Well, because it's like, you know, I mean, Fitz is very much like, he doesn't believe that anybody, like, you know, really loves him. And he, like, he very much isolates himself and puts himself in these situations. And it's like, well, if you just, you know, let people, you know, talk to you and help you and be there for you, you might feel better about yourself. Possibly. (laughs) But, right? I mean, he, like, instead of going to Molly and Burge and being like, Hey, I'm alive. Let's sort this thing out. He's like, hey, I'm going to go hide in a cabin for the next 20 years. And then maybe I'll come out only because I'm forced to. And hey, by the way, I'm alive. Oh, fucking dickhole. (laughs) And then it's, you know, they're justifiably upset with him. Yeah. Yeah, because he could have prevented that from happening. He could have, he could very well have been like, please don't do that. And it wouldn't have happened. Um, Alyssa, who's your favorite non-Fits of the Fool character? Oh, man. My first love was Elise from the Rain Wilds Quartet, because I read that first. Mm-hmm. But I love Ketchikan. Like I said, all the female guards that yeah. Robin Hobb just casually throws in there. Foxglove. Oh, my God. Yeah, Foxglove. Hod. Yeah. Hod. Hod. Hod is cool. And yeah, I love Malta for the extreme character growth that she went to through as well. She's like yeah. the queen of character growth. You go from hating her to, take my word for it, <laughs> from absolutely hating her to, oh my god, she matured. Who do you like from the new trilogy? <laughs> B. <laughs> yes, I love B. I love Perseverance. Can we, this, this isn't really a favorite, but can we talk about Shade's children, please? <laughs> Oh, well, okay, so let's let's move into talking about the new trilogy. Um, okay, sorry. So, in general, do we feel like we need these books? I know, Hannah, you were very hesitant to read them because you were fine with where Fitz and the Fool left off and you didn't want to hurt them anymore. <laughs> well, this was my problem. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, this was my problem after the first trilogy. I finished it, and then I felt like it was this weird, like, Schrodinger's book situation. Where if I opened the next trilogy, bad things were going to happen to Fitz again, and it would kind of be my fault. (laughs) (laughs) It's all on you. Whereas if I just didn't read it, then he could just kind of linger in this mostly okay state um, for forever. And then I finally broke down and read the second trilogy, and it was terrible. (laughs) Like, it was a great book, but he was tortured so much. And then I heard she was doing another one, and I was like, no, don't do it. So, um, so how did you yeah. get convinced to read the third third trilogy? Was it me, or did you decide to on your own? 
No, you totally talked me into it. Because I was like, there's going to be a new character and you will like her. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, you, you need to get on this so that I can talk to you about it. I that was like, too. Okay. I guess I feel, I feel obligated to continue with Fitz and the Fool. I mean, I definitely <sighs> feel like I was fine with where it left off after the second trilogy. I didn't necessarily feel like these books were needed. <laughs> But I'm enjoying them, now that we have them. I hope that it doesn't end completely tragically, but I'm sure that's wishful thinking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's from a, from a purely intellectual standpoint, it's impressive that she's found, in fact, new ways to make this character's life terrible. <laughs> well, you know, um. she introduced a child for him that yeah. wasn't the one that he screwed everything up with by disappearing for most of her life. Um... <laughs> It's great. It's a little sadistic, but it's great. <laughs> Rachel, yeah. I think I think that this third trilogy really is kind of a love letter to the fans in a, in a weird way because there's all these conversations that are finally happening in this yeah in this series of books where people never say what they what they really feel or think. So there's finally all these conversations happening. Um, that are kind of like you read them and it's like, I, well, I read them and then suddenly I'm like just high pitched squealing and in, into my, into my face. Like I'm just like sitting on the train going like, someone help me. Cause it's like so emotional. Alyssa, how do you feel about the new trilogy? I'm extremely pleased that they exist. Um, if I had one criticism to make of them is that a lot of it, as I was reading it, felt like reminiscing of the Tawny Man trilogy. And it's like, yes, all of this happened. Yes. Yep. At the same time, I was like, hey, I really need this recap because I don't remember anything that happened in that book. <laughs> That's fair, so too. So I kind That's of fair. I kind of appreciated it, it from a standpoint of I haven't reread these recently. Thank you for updating me because I forgot. That's true. I, I do I I do think that you couldn't really start with this trilogy. No. No, definitely. Well, I mean, like, no. think that you would just be like, why are all yeah. these people so obsessed with each other? Like <laughs> you wouldn't get any of the emotional connection that comes from like dying with people and then and then coming back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright. Let's move on. Let's talk about B. <laughs> be in her hive of bees well she should have a hive of bees that she uh bonds with and then controls the world because that'd be amazing that would be amazing um so b is is fitz's daughter in the new trilogy and she has a really ridiculously weird and creepy birth scene and it made all of us really uncomfortable and I never need to read that again. And <laughs> but on the plus side, you get her POV and she's kind of awesome. And I kind of enjoy how she looks at Fitz and she's just like, I don't know what you're thinking all the time, Daddy. You're kind of ridiculous. What do other people think about B? <laughs> Uh, I still love the you feel too much, Daddy. Yes, <laughs> that's one of my feeling. favorite moments of her. <laughs> like, stop feeling; it hurts me so much. Um, I love her. I think that she's a really smart character to bring in another POV because you know we've already gone through six books of just fits. So awesome. Um, but yeah, the birth scene was really, really scary. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I think that. 
we've talked about this before, but I really think that Robin Hobb is like kind of obsessed with like menopause or dying or like the aging as a woman. And it it's like really visceral when you read that stuff. So it made me really uncomfortable. I'm sure it was supposed to. But yeah, I don't ever want to read it again. Yeah, especially as a woman, because it's like, do I have all this to look forward to? Am I going to give birth to a phantom worm baby and go through <laughs> depression? And like, well, probably. All right. I mean, if the Whatever. phantom worm baby is B, I mean, it might be worth it as long as you yeah. don't die like six years later. But exactly. Just before she like scary. learns to speak because her tongue is like. That attached to the roof of her make... mouth or something creepy like that i don't understand that detail that's the one thing i don't get i'm like so her tongue was how did she eat i don't really understand it totally i pictured it as it the, like... like the webbing underneath the tongue and something yeah. happened where it was stuck to the bottom of her mouth and then <sighs> i don't know so it garbled her speech <laughs> yeah so, in case there are any people, for some reason, who have not read these books that are still listening to this podcast, <laughs> um, I don't know why, uh, run away now. Um, so, so, B, for like the first several years of her life, cannot actually speak because for some, there's some kind of webbing in her mouth that like garbles her speech. And so Molly can seemingly understand her because, I don't know, they have a mother-daughter bond, and Fitz is just like, Child, why are you so dumb? I can't understand you. Yeah, and then Fitz uses it as like an excuse to be like, "Oh, my seed is imperfect. I made this broken child." Like, and I, I, I mean, like you know, this. Yeah, and these books are like you know pretty inclusive, so I get it. Like, it's a developmentally challenged child, or a you know a but, child like, that. Has... Meanwhile, she's like taught herself to write. She's like drawing all these beautiful like <laughs> illustrations, but it's like she can't speak properly, so she's an idiot. It's like no, yeah, no, she's exactly. not. Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, And there's no way she's at all related to the fool. No, <laughs> in terms of exactly what she looks like. Yes, so one of the great frustrations in this book is Fitz not understanding the concept Mm. of white children and the fact that they have two fathers, usually, or at least three parents or some kind of weird situation like that. And you spend the entire book basically knowing the truth because you're smarter than he is. And for me, I was just screaming at him the entire time, like... (laughs) This is the only book series where I have, like, legitimately yelled out loud at the pages thinking it's going to solve a problem. And it doesn't. (laughs) And I know I got to the end of the first book and I literally took it and just, like, slammed it against the couch when I finished reading it. Because I was just like, Fitz, what are you doing? Because he's just like, I'm buying things for my daughter at Winterfest. Little did I know she's being kidnapped by people. It's like, oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, and he thinks he loses it's... her through the skill pillar, and no. no. Oh, God, I know. I'm like, read her freaking journal, man. <laughs> like, it literally says, I am a nut. I contain myself in this river. I come out through a stone. I am on grass. <laughs> like, well, obviously, <laughs> she's okay. And there's, like, the moment where, like, the dragon comes to save her and guide her out and, like, come and find me. It's like, hey, Guess what you know what these things are if you're, like, paying any attention at all. <laughs> but he's Fitz, so he just misses that entirely. Oh, oh Fitz. It also, oh. it also drives me crazy that, like, <clears throat> he finds her dream journal, and then he just doesn't read it. 
I'm like, you have all <laughs> yeah, of these answers in front of you, and you're like, no, I have to respect your privacy. I'm like, dude, <laughs> she's a white, she's a white prophet, and you're trying to find her. I think it's okay. <laughs> and Look for clues. It, it- I was gonna say, do you guys have any any theories as to as to be like is B a white prophet or is B both a white prophet and a catalyst at the same time? And what superpowers does she have? Well, we think she can. She has the wit, and we think she has the skill. Sort of. She seems to have everything, but like she doesn't quite know what to do with it yet. But you're definitely rooting for her. She's like the ultimate child. Yeah, so she could be her own catalyst. You know, like yeah. it might not be perseverance. It could be. It could be her. Definitely, that would be awesome. Interesting. Yeah. Um. Then she'd be lonely. Yeah. Oh. I'd like it if she mm-hmm. had perseverance and Motley. <laughs> Motley <laughs> and Fleeter. And Fleeter, yeah, she needs to steal Fleeter from horse. like new patients. Yes. Um, so speaking of, of the animals, um, so we talked about Night Eyes, and spoiler alert, <laughs> Night Eyes dies. Um, which, In the most beautiful which Rachel, way which ever. Rachel spoiled me on back I'm in the so day. I'm so sorry. I'm still really sorry about that. So I don't think we knew that. Did we know? We didn't really. We didn't know that each other were, like, reading these books because we hadn't really met up with each other again until after we read A Dance with Dragons. And so we went to talk about A Dance with Dragons and have our five-hour therapy session, and I pulled out Fool's Fool's Errand, yeah. And I was like, look what I'm reading. And she's like, oh, look what I'm reading. And she was on Golden Fool or something, and... Then we were leaving and we were talking about Jon Snow versus Fitz and she goes, at least he still has his wolf. And I was like, ah! <laughs> Oh no! I'm and so I was like, sorry. why? <laughs> I'm one of those people that can't remember what happens in what book. I get <laughs> So, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> it's a traumatic experience. Um, so in this, in this new trilogy, he has some opportunities to possibly bond with new animals and in one of them being motley the the, the crow which is awesome because so she's i just have a theory through. about what i have a theory about motley yes i don't think motley's a i don't think motley's a crow right you think she's a a wit person witted person that just went into the crow and is now just in the crow yeah i think that that's exactly what happened just because like bird's too damn smart yeah. I like that theory. I like that theory, too. Yeah. But I do enjoy the scene where she is flying through the market just screaming Fitz chivalry at... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the best. That's the best. So sassy. Fitz chivalry! Well, I think the best part about that is that Fitz immediately is like, everyone's going to know who I am. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that like not a lot of people know or remember Fitz chivalry was a person. <laughs> but he's like, very... Feels very like you know that he's very important and he's very self centered in that way. <laughs> yeah, like if he was a celebrity nowadays walking down the street, he'd be all like, "Cover my head," and everybody be like, "I don't know who you are." <laughs> but I mean, people do know who he is when he like finally gets revealed. Well, in the castle, but not like down well, yeah. in the town. Well, but I mean, 
they do because they're like the witted bastard oh god (laughs) (laughs) i remember like reading that part and being like if he does not get like officially revealed in this book like i'm done (laughs) like i need that to happen at this point because it's just been so long because he's been supposedly dead since book two (laughs) It's like you read like all you read like no, four no. books, five books since then. It's like oh my god, he was actually dead in book two, and now is that's true. <laughs> actually dead in book two, and then fake he came back to life, and then like oh. went to the castle as a different person because he put on different clothes and yeah. had a white streak in his uh, hair, and so. Uh, um, so there's there's kind Motley, and there's also Fleeter. And Fleeter really wanted to bond with him, and I really loved Fleeter because she was an awesome horse. And Fleeter was too good for him. I get that she was too good for him, but at the same time, I wanted her to stick around. So (laughs) I was like, just bond with her; it'll be great. But I think that we, as readers, really wouldn't take to to Fitz bonding with another animal right now. I, I mean. I don't know. I mean, how would you guys feel? I mean, it would be sad because it's not Night Eyes. But at the same time, I kind of feel like maybe he needs it because Night Eyes was good for him. And he could use some direction in his life. <laughs> well, I don't know if a horse or a crow is going to give him direction. No. Like, <laughs> no, I he needs it was another wolf. Another wolf. But then yeah. that would be like, I can see the fans not reacting well. to. Yeah, I mean, it would feel like a betrayal. As long yeah. as it's not a cat, right? <laughs> Apparently he hates cats. Uh, uh, makes sense as a wolf yeah, person. You don't want to be like Civil, that fuck face. With the, <laughs> yeah. Civil Brezinger. <laughs> I, I loved that moment in the our first uh, planning doc for this. And Rachel's like, what about that that guy that was like the, the cat person? And I'm like, Civil? She's like, yeah, yeah, him. Okay. That asshole. Um... Well, Rachel like, doesn't like Sybil. I, you know, I, don't, I like cats, but I hate Sybil. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, like, it has to be a predator, right? Like, it's got to be, like, I don't know, not a bear. That's too complicated. Like a coyote or like a hyena. <laughs> the hyenas <laughs> Is that geographically possible? I, I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe he's, a bird of he's prey. He's in the south now. How about, like, a fox? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, a fox. Is that a good ooh or a bad ooh? I'm so frustrated with Fitz, though, because foxes are uh, just just typically clever animals. Exactly. I think it'd be hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) The fox would be like, um, so B is the fool's daughter. Just get over it. This is a thing. It's happening. It already happened. You're a moron. (laughs) I am smarter than you. Shout out to these books giving us so many scenes that we always wanted. Like the you know like the fool finally standing up to Fitz and being like fuck you shut up do yes. what I tell you to do <clears throat> like that was amazing and then like when Fitz is finally revealed and everybody's like yeah not a big deal and he's just like oh wait what huh? <laughs> and then Shade being like I have a fucking life actually that doesn't revolve around you <laughs> I have children like, it's okay yeah um, all of those things they so awesome I feel like these books are cu- like the the new trilogy is a little bit fan fictiony. But it's like fan fiction in a good way. Yeah, like a little bit of fan service, but like it's fine because we always wanted it. Exactly. 
Um, so the next book is going to come out at some point. Um, it's called Assassin's Fate, which is a little bit foreboding. Um, <laughs> but then again, all these horrible things have already happened to them. So how bad can it be? Probably terrible. Um, oh, we'll uh, get married. <laughs> Die after getting married. (laughs) Till death do us part. Oh, whoops. I'm gonna be like, I love. Dead. I'm dead. So, yes. But (laughs) how is this gonna go for them? Not well. I don't. I guess maybe I'll be the voice of unreasonable hope. (laughs) Good. We need that. (laughs) Well, because because the other trilogies have actually left them in a place that wasn't like. They weren't being tortured. <laughs> yeah, they'll finally be happy when they're dead. <laughs> no. It's all so it, it's funny. Another of the series that I really like is Glenn Cook's Black Company. And the last set of books, when you put them in an omnibus, are just called The Many Deaths of the Black <laughs> Company. Oh god. Oh, god. Which is fantastic. So I feel like Assassin's Fate, that could mean other things. It's not the many deaths of Fitz and the Fool. It could be worse. (laughs) Wait, that's the optimistic take? (laughs) I'm sorry, I should have warned you, you really don't want me as the optimist. (laughs) Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, because, let's see, I mean, Fitz has died and the Fool has died, so, already, so... But they I haven't mean, died together. They haven't died together. Can they die together and save each other at the same time? They'll die to save B. Can, wait, what if they just like died and then went into each other's bodies and then just got stuck in the other person's body? <laughs> <laughs> we just have like a body swap comedy yeah. for the next, the next, the fourth trilogy. Take, oh, God. No, that is the trilogy I want to read. I want to see the fool. Just dicking around. It'll be like, uh, you know, like every body swap episode of every zany, like, sci-fi show that ever existed. It's gonna be like that. It would be like the the Fitz Fool trilogy instead of the Fitz and the Fool trilogy. Yes, exactly. It's, it's the Fool and Fitz. It's no longer Fitz and the Fool. Like, oh, um, God. Get, like, all gross and stop bathing, and then, like, Fitz will get, like, super, like, you know, he'll have, like, a pomodor <laughs> and, like, a nice jacket. Yeah. Buttons. Lots of buttons. <laughs> Um, and they'll be so old by that time they'll call it Assassin's Cane. Yes. <laughs> uh, oh, which is a great title. It's a great title. Yes, thank you. Um, Fool's butt and Assassin's Cane. <laughs> <laughs> this is my vision. I, I, I figured you guys have the same vision as me. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a body swap comedy. It's great. Um, so the other, op- the, other, the other possibility is if this is the end of Fitz and the Fool's story, will it continue with B? And it's like the adventures of B and Perseverance, or whatever we end up with. Yeah, which I, I think, would read. I think, yeah, I think that could happen. Um, I think it'd make me really sad, but it could happen. It would make I me mean, really sad. I mean, you know, these books are obsessed with like generations and dying and memory of those who are no longer here. So I can see, I can see the bees journey books happening what are we calling it bees bees i think it'd be interesting i'd read that i'd read it too 
Yeah, I think it's almost inevitable because there's unresolved stuff with Kelsingra, the Dragon City, and all of the dragons that I feel like aren't going to culminate in this last book. I feel like there's not enough room. So if the series did continue, I'd be interested in seeing B riding a dragon, really. It's girl on a dragon. B is the girl <laughs> on the dragon. And then she went back in time and became actual girl on a dragon, and it's all a giant <laughs> loop. <laughs> Yeah, there's still no time travel in these books. That's true. We've got to get to that. Well, that's okay. So here's there's like all these, you know, like it was supposed to be that one day Night Eyes and Fitz would go up into the mountains and make their stone dragon and like, you know, sink into it. And then Night Eyes fucking died. So then it's like, okay, well, are they going to, is like the fool going to help him do that? And it's like, no, probably not. Like they have to go have an adventure somewhere else. So I'm kind of like. What's the poetic ending for these for these characters so that they can technically live forever? Because that's required. They accidentally or they purposefully lose themselves in the skill pillars and they can just float forever together in the skill river. Yeah, but if the fool turns into some like dragon thing, he's going to like live for even longer periods. They're going to like turn into a boat. So, okay. So we <laughs> decided that this... We want Fitz and the Fool to live happily ever after, and we would read about B and Perseverance and the next generation, but we would be sad. That sounds right. It's a good summary? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, so, because this is normally a Song of Ice and Fire Game of Thrones podcast, um, we wanted to play a little game that we've discussed many times amongst ourselves of Fitz Chivalry Farseer versus Jon Snow, whose life is worse. So what's our <laughs> Well we gotta we gotta start out with, you know I'm the I'm the bastard son of so and so. Check on both accounts, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, bastard, yes. I mean Doesn't know their mother, check. Well Fitz technically at least knows he had a mother and sorta of knows who she is. John just doesn't have an idea. Alright, new tactic. Um, Hannah, you be Fitz, I'll be John. Okay? Okay. Alright, ready? Okay. I am John Snow, Hannah, you are Fitz Chivalry Farseer. I am I am Fitz Chivalry Farseer. I am John Snow. I am Ned Stark's bastard. Except I'm not. Um, okay, so hi, I'm John. I have a complex. I'm a bastard. How about you? I have that complex too. I'm the bastard son of Ned Stark. At least I think so. I'm I'm the bastard son of uh, Chivalry Farseer. It's made my life terrible. Being Ned Stark's bastard hasn't been so bad. I mean, I did grow up with some brothers and sisters, and that was nice. My stepmother hates me, though. My sort of stepmother is awesome, um, but everyone else hates me, and they <laughs> took away my magic. <laughs> and they beat me to death. <laughs> um, I no one told me how terrible the Night's Watch is, and then I went to the Night's Watch, and it was terrible. But then I found friends, so that was cool. Um, and I fell. In Wait, aren't you like Lord Commander? Not yet. Night's Watch thing. Not yet. First, I had to suffer. And there was a there was a mean guy who who didn't like me. His name was Alistair Thorne. And uh, then then we went beyond the wall, and I met a nice wildling girl, 
and that was cool, except then I had to kill my sort of mentor. That kind of sucked. Um, then I fell in love with said redhead, and then she got killed. Well, first she shot me, then she got killed, but I didn't kill her, so that was good. <laughs> I I had to watch the woman I love marry someone who was my friend, and they raised my daughter and had lots of other children and thought I was dead. Why did they think you were dead? <laughs> because I would have ruined their lives <laughs> if I told them. You don't understand the pain of self-inflicted being deadness. <laughs> You're right. I know nothing. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so bad at this. Uh... <laughs> Let's see. What else horrible has happened to me? So then I became Lord Commander. And... Um... Didn't didn't people have to, like, vote for you to be Lord Commander? Doesn't that mean people liked you? Well, they kind of got tricked into voting for me because my friend Sam kind of convinced them. And uh, he did all the the legwork behind that. I just kind of stood there and looked pretty. I've got good hair. Did you hear? How's your Uh, hair? My my hair is pretty fantastic. I hear it's curly (laughs) and that you don't have a widow's beak. I got this. I got this white streak going on that uh, makes me look pretty cool. That's that's awesome. Some of the time, um, I have a <laughs> scar on my face because a person working into an eagle attacked me. It's pretty badass looking. Um, Do you, if you still remember where all your scars came from, then <laughs> you have not suffered enough. <laughs> I see your point. Um, <laughs> Let's see. So after I became Lord Commander, um, let's see. Then I sent all my friends away because I thought that it was better if I focused on being a leader. Um, I, I switched, I switched some babies. Um, and that was, it was kind of a jerk move, but I was trying to save a life there. Uh, what else, what else have I done? Well, then, you know, then I got stabbed to death. That was cool. Just stabbed? That was it? (laughs) (laughs) No, no beaten, no burning, no, uh, none of of that? No, just stabbed, but, um, I'm I'm hoping that maybe I can resurrect myself in in a wolf. How does that go? Um... (laughs) It's it's pretty terrible. I'm not gonna lie. The process is is fairly dreadful. Though it is possible, assuming you have a couple people who care about you and you seem like you have lots of friends, so you're gonna be fine. But I sent them all away. I don't know why I did that. That was that was dumb. So also my father is dead. He got beheaded for you know, things that were out of his control sort of, because he's kind of stupid, but it's you know, it's it's a thing. Um and my brother died. And my stepmother died. And <laughs> I'm pretty sure that my other brothers are dead. Um, fairly certain. But, you know, I saw my brother's wolf, so maybe maybe that's still... You know, maybe he's still alive in the wolf, at least. Uh, I'm pretty sure that my sister might be married to a sadistic psychopath. <laughs> at least that's the rumor I've heard. <laughs> And that sadistic psychopath is challenging me, but I'm dead right now, so that's a little bit of an issue. Um, Let's see. Uh, I'm not sure what happened to my other sister. 
But I hear there's a TV version of my life where that sister is married to the sadistic psychopath instead. <laughs> so, so I don't know how to feel about that. Um, also, here's something I have on you. I don't know where my story goes. Or if I'm going to come back to life. So you're saying you might be perma-dead. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's better or worse. I'm recently dealing with my daughter being kidnapped by the bastards that tortured my best friend for years. Uh, so that's uh, that's a thing. And uh, that daughter bad. that's that's kidnapped. Do you how how did you let that happen? I'm sorry, John. How did how did you let all of your family get killed, my friend? Well, I was stuck in the Night's Watch, and I'm not allowed to leave, otherwise I get beheaded. So there. Uh, that's pretty bad. <laughs> that sucks. Um, well, I thought I thought I had gotten to the point where everything terrible that could have happened to me had happened. And you got complacent? Uh, yeah, so... It's true. Oh, that's right. Thank you, Rachel. <laughs> I I had to go help that best friend I was talking about, who's also my soulmate. But isn't your soulmate also the father of your child? <laughs> I'm still working through that one. You know? Sounds so much like M. Craig. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so... Let's see. So you have no friends except for, you have one friend, and he's mutilated beyond recognition at the moment. <laughs> cool. Um, so okay. So let's see. Your childhood sucked, and <laughs> as Rachel has pointed out from the void, one best friend that he's been inside of, <laughs> but not in that yeah. way, as he would point out. <laughs> Not in that way. Um, I have a steward that was a boy whore. <laughs> I'm quite fond of him. <laughs> Rachel says definitely in that way. <laughs> oh, John. <laughs> so, have we come to a conclusion whose life is worse? Personally, I feel like it's Fitz. I <laughs> the worst I think that John has a worse life because he is young and hasn't really had like you know at least the Fitz went through all that bullshit but he had a he had a family he had some good times he had you know night eyes and all that shit so I mean yeah John John's has the potential to be worse in terms of unfulfillment yeah depending on how the story goes um I feel like if we're comparing like childhood up until first death. Um, <laughs> I think Fitz's life is more sad because he's yeah. being used by his family and forced into being an assassin. He really doesn't have any friends. He sort of has friends, but they like don't know who he is and he doesn't get to spend a lot of time with them and he's really angsty about the girl he loves. At least, you know, John gets to you know, have sex with Egret before he, you know, gets killed. Um, and John has friends, and John had a, like, relatively decent family life growing up, you know, for 14 years. Um, except for Catelyn hating him, but on that, on that I mean, like, level, that was... 
I feel like yeah. Fitz had a worse deal. Going forward, if John doesn't have any more story, <laughs> then it really kind of sucks for him and Fitz at least got to live. We'll see how this wolf thing works out. Yeah. Well, you know, John is Azora High, didn't you know? <laughs> uh. <laughs> so, um, uh. I also wrote, so yeah, so I, I don't know. I guess cast your lot, let us know who's, whose life is worse. John yes, or, John or Fitz. John or Fitz. <clears throat> uh, what else do we have? Um, I put a note in the doc that asked about... Uh, do we? Do you feel weird referring to Robin Hobb as Robin Hobb? Because it makes me feel really weird. Because that is not her name. Yes, her name is Megan Lindholm. Robin Hobb is a pen name. Um, right. So then it's kind of like, hey, Robin! And I'm like, that's not your fucking name. You know what this is like? Ash and Spark. <laughs> <laughs> she puts on a different name and she writes a different kind of book. <laughs> or she writes a different kind of book and becomes a different person. <laughs> And I can't reconcile this. Exactly. <laughs> we are all fits. <laughs> but I'm always like, hey, Hob, uh, it's not your name. So I don't know why I refer to you as that. But it <laughs> makes more sense because then people know what books you're talking about. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. It's just a weird thing. It is a weird thing. Um, I guess. I So I was at a panel with a bunch of writers and they were supposed to be talking. They were talking about publishing and they'd gotten into doing pen names and pseudonyms. And it was one of those things where it was like there was one person on the panel that everyone knew they were writing under a pen name. And then out of five people, like three more came forward during the panel were like, no, that's not actually my real name. <laughs> like, don't actually do it. And so I was sort of startled because I didn't think it was that normal. And I'm starting to think that like the names people write under are actually like much more frequently like variants on their actual name and things like that than you would mm -hmm. normally assume. So Hannah, you want to be a writer. Do you want to write under a pen name or do you want to not write? Um, I've, I've written under a pen name. So if you, if uh, you published a book <laughs> under a pen name, would you feel weird if people were calling you by that pen name? No, I wouldn't actually. Um, partially because my pen name uses my middle name. Mm-hmm. Um, but also actually, I think it would be useful to know like what stories they were talking about when they walked up to you. <laughs> well, then it's like weird. What if you read both and then you're like, oh, can I talk to Megan now? No, wait, now I have to talk to Robin. <laughs> Megan That's talk true. To right now. That would be weird. <laughs> that is weird. I didn't think about that. <clears throat> oh, that would be strange. What um, if Megan Lindholm is the voice in the skill pillar? <laughs> God, got meta. <laughs> <laughs> Just a thought. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so the other thing we put in here was whether or not Robin Hobb thinks that all we care about is Fitz's hair, because uh, we keep bugging her on Twitter about various questions about his hair. We asked, or I asked, if what a warrior's tail was for cosplay reasons. Um, whether or not it's a low... She says it's a low ponytail to keep hair off the face. And I was like, is it a ponytail? Is it more complicated? Like, what does it mean? Uh, and also, the the Widow's Peak curly hair reference was... Um, so I made the pop toys of Fitz and the Fool. And I 
I made fits with a widow's peak because when I was doing my cosplay, Rachel said that he had a widow's peak or wanted me no, to have a widow's peak. I said that I w- <clears throat> you should have one to like masculinize your hairline. That's all I said. So I took that to mean that Fitz had a widow's peak. And you know, a lot of the fan art, he does have a widow's peak. <laughs> It's yeah, not like su- yeah. it's not like super pronounced, but like he definitely has one in a lot of the fan art, and a lot of the fan art, his hair is like mostly straight. So like I straightened my hair for that, and <laughs> now I'm like, well, next time I do it, I'm not. So we so <clears throat> Eli, shout out to Eli because he's probably the only person listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Who we somehow convinced to read these books by continually rambling about them on the regular podcast was noting that my pop toy had a widow's peak and not remembering that w- that Fitz had a widow's peak. And I was like, no, I think it's a thing. And then it wasn't actually a thing. So he tweeted at Robin Hobb asking if Fitz had a widow's peak. And she responded with, not that I know of, it'd be odd for someone with such curly hair. To which Rachel and I responded, he has curly hair? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess to you guys, did you do you picture Fitz with curly hair? I do now. <laughs> uh it's been a while since i read the earlier stuff and i admit that i kind of have the cover art for the new trilogy going in my head right now. last of the mohicans fits yeah i've got a little bit of that unfortunately going around which is not curly hair by the way no it is not no it's not curly hair so she's gotta get up she talks about his like the planes on his face so much that i'm always like my head cannon fits is always like kind of like kind of native american-esque that's usually what i picture i picture him how perplexingly draws him you're perplexing yeah 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 totally that's exactly what i see the the fan art the person that draws the fan art that like tears out your heart (laughs) laughs at you (laughs) exactly It's just, it's very interesting how we read these books and just have, like, no concept of what the characters actually look like. (laughs) We all just take our own thing and we're like, yeah, it totally looks like that. Like, no. Which gets, you know, bad when you're trying to do fan art things or cosplay. Well, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's all all just... It's just it is what it is. You just kind of like, eh. I mean, my, my fool is kind of like a random mix of young fool, but, like, not... (laughs) <laughs> it's like all of these elements at once together <laughs> I just well i mean so is my fits you know i've got like the badger lock because that's distinctive but i'm like wearing you know buck keep blue and yeah, like yeah. i've got the like the the buck on the vest and like all that like, stuff i'm not fits chivalry farcier at all and i'm car- <laughs> and i'm carrying around a notebook and writing letters to beloved so <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, gotta change it so that it's B's notebook now. I know I gotta yes. change. It. I'm still not over you guys' costumes. I like my heart skipped a beat when I saw you guys. I was like, can it really be? Am I hallucinating? <laughs> it can't be this good in real life, and it can't be what I. It's the rooster it crown. Yeah, it was the. That's what I saw first. I was like, no way. And then <laughs> my, my my best friend was like, you should go talk to them, you idiot. So, so, and here we are now. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's good that you see Rooster Crown and you actually think Rooster Crown and not, hey, why is that girl wearing a chicken on her head? 
it was very clear. It was just and all of, Jenny, all of your details and all, both of you, so incredible. And then we also have like the little bee on the bag, so that's like really anachronistic. It's just yeah, totally. <laughs> but it's like the the bag says the art Rachel's favorite thing that she likes to make me try and say the what fits fixes fat feists fits. Bath spices. spices. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm looking over at the bag. I'm like, what does it say? Fix <laughs> fits fixes feist fits bath spices. Correct. Woo. Yay. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Does anybody have any other thoughts before we bring this to a close? <clears throat> um. So I do want to point out that remember when Robin Hobb tweeted that she had just written like the line that she wanted to write for like 10 years mm-hmm. or something like yes. and then like i so you know i read i read the latest book thinking okay well what what line is it what line in this is it and then i finally came across another facebook post or something of hers where she said that it got moved to the next book so we have something to look forward to and it's probably <laughs> yeah terrible. so i'm looking i'm looking forward to that i'm like super scared to read that book because like if they die I'll, i don't know what's gonna happen to me but <laughs> I'm also like, I can't wait to read that line, whatever it is. I hope we know what it is when we read it. Yeah, all this hype, and then we're like, well, what was it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we have somewhat optimistic slash fear of the last <laughs> book. And Please don't hurt us, Robin Hobb. Please don't hurt us. <laughs> Robin, if you're listening. Megan. Tell Megan. Tell <laughs> Megan. <laughs> Megan, tell Robin. Not... <laughs> Don't torture us anymore. Um... Give me a sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Take us out on the toast. <laughs> so we are going to toast to Fitz. Normally we toast to Jon Snow, and as we have discussed, they are the same person. So here is to Prince Fitz Chivalry Farseer. May you Huzzah. get your happy ending someday. <laughs> to Fitz. Yay. To Fitz. Fitz chivalry. <laughs> All right. Oh, God. All Goodbye, right. everybody. So like... <laughs> Bye. Bye. And so he broke that sacred oath that Lord of the Crossing. And now the pie crusts cover his kin, and they're so good to eat. Yes, now the pie crusts cover his kin, revenge it tastes so sweet. clearly in love with Fitz and Fitz is clearly in love with the fool but can't admit it to himself it's great right yeah, yeah. and we need this hurts. to happen yes <laughs> it's not all about plumbing you guys this is like shipping at its worst we're just like yeah, give it awful. to us <laughs> <laughs> in that I, I, I wish Fitz all the luck in the world <laughs> Because you know if that ever happens, he's going to be, like, legitimately traumatized afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, he'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs>
he will need another book series just to deal with that moment. I'll need another book series just to deal with that. <laughs> the book series where they're living happily ever after in a little cottage in the woods together. Yes, together. Forever. No, no, no. If that's the end of this, we can't have another series. Because yeah, if there's no, another series, just... it won't end with that again. So, <laughs> no. No, the whole, the whole next series is just them living together, playing house in the little cabin in the woods. It's, no, that's not how these books work. I know. <laughs> All the all the horrible things are happening all around them, but their little cabin is totally fine. <laughs> Every time they leave, they see horrible atrocities and they run back in. It's just like, okay, let's just lay by the fire and stare into each other's eyes. <laughs> they look very dragony. It's not unattractive. It's oh. not unattractive. Oh my god. I, I have to get that in because that was like my single favorite line in the entire second <laughs> latest book. 